Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. March Madness, and yeah, we needed some old school big dance music. Oh, that's ice cream for my ears. The bracket is out, and we've brought in our Joey Brackets. I call him the Pena Tourney Pool. Well, we're working on the name, but my good friend Adam Pena, who's a freelance statistician all through the college hoops seasons for everybody from ESPN to Fox to CBS, man for hire. And when the big boys at the network need insight, Adam is the man they call. Is your favorite sports event, Adam, this, is this it? The playoff uh, to watch is the, the NCAA tournament, not the Super Bowl, not, not Major League Baseball? It is just because of the one-and-done format. It, it beats the NBA playoff format, I believe, just because you never know who's going to come out of, a, for example, you could have a mid-major like a, I guess, Belmont that could come in and do, do some damage overall, unlike the NBA where you pretty much can almost write in the final four teams. The Texans are a mid-major, well, though, aren't they? To a certain so, degree. Playoffs. But, yeah, but we, <laughs> that's another topic for another pod. So, But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to how we can all break down this uh, madness that's called uh, – the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I got. I want to talk to Cougars because I mean I've been following them all year. I want to start off with them because they go to the AAC, they get to the finals, they lose to Cincinnati. It's a little concerning because that game against Cincinnati in the finals. That to me, Adam, that's what an NCAA tournament game looks like. And there's some things I'm worried about with the Cougars in the AAC tournament. Free throw shooting uh, down the stretch against Memphis. Uh, wasn't that great. It wasn't really great against Cincinnati. Uh, they've got some guys that you're concerned about if they go to the free throw line. Number one, that matters. Number two, uh, Dejan Giroux, they're relying on him more and more for points. And he just didn't look good in the AAC tournament. Uh, he wasn't making baskets, especially against Memphis and Cincinnati. Uh, Corey Davis has a bad game. Who are you relying on? Because, you know, Armani Brooks, I, I love him. He To, to me, He's the type of guy that you need in a tournament, a guy that's going to be able to make tough shots. But he needs other guys to create for him. So that's where the Corey Davises and the Dejan Jarose, that's they're, they're going to have to come up big in the tournament. I feel that the floor leader throughout the whole season has been Galen Robinson Jr., who's just done an outstanding job of just getting the group together and just kind of mixing and matching and just kind of distributing the ball to Armani Brooks at one point or one side of the floor or to Corey Davis Jr. and then dribbling through the paint like a a la James Harden and kind of getting the easy baskets in the paint. But have you noticed that Kelvin Sampson's not playing him quite as much as he was? It seems like he's backed it off a little bit and Giroux's getting the ball in his hands more. They're giving him more control of this. Giroux's got a lot of confidence, which is great. But confidence is not good if you're not making shots, and he's a freshman. One of the things that I've noticed, this is just a game that Cincinnati needed to win. I think Cincinnati played it with a sense of desperation because they got blown out in their gym uh, last Sunday, and they wanted to let the country and the skeptics know that they are— I still can't believe that Cincinnati's a seven seed, but— I feel that Cincinnati had more to play for in this game than Houston. Houston's already going to be a three seed. So I, this is just one of those fluke games that Houston had that they needed to get out of their system. 
And just like the UCF lost earlier in the season at home, where everyone was thinking, what is this, just the first of many to come? No, they actually, Coach Sampson has a great philosophy, and I believe he has them primed to just kind of move forward, get the losses behind you, and just move forward with the next game front up front, which, you know, when they play Georgia State, this yeah, should be an interesting matchup. Let's talk about that because they, they're the three seed in the Midwest. Let's get right into the brackets. Three seed in the Midwest. The committee, committee basically had them as the ninth best team in the country. I'm going to go back for a second. Also, Dejan Giroux, a sophomore, not a freshman, but uh, ninth team in the country. So 11th team in the last AP poll. They lose to Cincinnati in the AAC, but they considered them the ninth team in the country, even though going into the week they were number four. On the power in the power rankings, the new power rankings, the, the net rankings, they played Georgia State in round one in Tulsa. So that's a close game. Cougars fans could travel. So that's good. The good news also is they don't play till Friday. Kelvin Sampson excited about that because they can heal up after three straight games in the AAC tourney. And if they beat Georgia State, which is that first round game, they get Iowa State or Ohio State. Now, Adam, looking at that bracket, Georgia State, you figure they're going to win. Iowa State, Ohio State, do you like them going to the Sweet 16 right there? I do, Will, and I texted you this the other day about Iowa State. I believe Iowa State is one of the 16, definitely one of the top teams in the country, if not one of the Elite Eight type uh, people going, because I did a game earlier in the season at Baylor when they played Baylor, and they the way they moved the ball offensively uh, with regards to that you have – Malim Shayak, who I believe is going to be a great player at the uh, NBA level. He's just an instant offensive type of scorer. Kind of reminds you of like a... Um, is that the guy a, you were texting me? You yes, saying that, that, yes. That you think could be a, a D'Antoni guy? Uh, yeah, he could be a d- type that gives you 15 points a game and gives you, what, five or six offense, uh, five or six rebounds a game as well. He's got that... Um, who would I compare him to offensively? But anyhow, I still think that they could beat... Uh, if Houston can muster up just enough defense and they're one of the top defensive teams in the country. I think Houston averages defense opponents average 61 points a game against Houston's defense to where the, you're just going to have to muster up enough energy off the bench to try and get to the point where they end up. Um, and that's going to be an interesting matchup, but you can't overlook Georgia state first and foremost, but I still think, and that matchup between Iowa State and Ohio State, you just don't know what to yeah, you, you like uh, Iowa State there. I do, and I, I, know, I do. I, I know a lot of team, a lot of people like Iowa State and the way they're playing. The Big Ten looks really strong, but Iowa State seems to be the one that people like right there. Then that bracket, you go, you got Kentucky and North Carolina. They're the one in the two seed in that bracket. You'd assume those two teams would be the biggest obstacle, of course, for the Cougs to make it to the Final Four. Clark Kellogg on CBS actually picked the Cougs in the final four, Adam. What worries you about the Cougs? Anything that I mentioned that worries about the free throws? Uh, what, what, what would concern you for, to, for them to get there? Because outside of just a team having more talent, you know, North Carolina, obviously, they, you know, they, they're bringing McDonald's All-American type guys where, you know, the Cougars do not. They don't have anybody that was one of these really, you know, high recruited guys so what's your concern with the Cougars why wouldn't they be able to make it to the final four beating beating Kentucky North Carolina just the simple mistakes uh it just just overshooting and just kind of like it just to the point where they end up 
going five for 28 beyond the three-point arc like the Rockets did against Golden State last year in the final game in Game 7. Just a matter of just getting them high-quality shots. And I think that the way they move offensively as far as getting pace of play, and that's the one thing that Coach Sampson emphasized more than anything else is the pace of play defensively and offensively as far as if you get, I guess it was against Memphis where they had 25 fast-break points. If you get that fast-break mentality up, you know, against Iowa State or whoever you play, you're going to have to move the ball, get the easy transition baskets on the other end, create turnovers uh, on your end of the floor to the point where if you play against an athletic team like Kentucky, you should be able to muster up a you know, key win in the what Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. Yeah, and the tourney, you got to almost create your own pace, Adam, because you know, you've got those constant timeouts. It seems like there's like a timeout every couple of minutes. It feels like it's it's more of a strain for you to start pushing the ball. So you're going to have to do it on defense. You're going to have to cause steals against Cincinnati. That's what, what they weren't doing is the defense was good. They're, they were forcing tough shots, but the Cougars are really get going. They've got to cause steals. They got to get out on the break. They got to get that pace going because they don't have anybody in the offense where you just go, oh, let me throw this guy the ball. He'll figure something out. There's not a Rob Gray. There's not this guy. Oh, he's going to the NBA or what? You know, that, let's just give it to him. He knows what to do. I mean, I, I love Corey Davis. You know, outside of the Cincinnati game, he's been playing extraordinary recently, but he's not such an incredible athlete that he's just going to be able to just take over no matter who you're up against. And, you know, to me, that's the big thing with the Cougars. Uh, if you go uh, elsewhere, as far as the other teams in the Houston area, there's only really one other team, unless I'm forgetting somebody, Adam, that I saw in the Houston area that's in the tournament, Prairie View. They win the SWAC. They've won an 11 in a row. They're 17-1 and one in conference. You're all excited about Prairie View. Unfortunately, they get the play-in game against Fairleigh Dickinson at 5.40 p.m. on Tuesday. And if they get past that, well, then you get Gonzaga. What what could go wrong with Gonzaga? I mean, it's it's a tough. That's a tough draw for Prairie View. I mean, it's, you I, have nothing to lose. But it, as long as you just go in there with the optimism and just play full, a full forty minutes, you never know what could happen. But in Gonzaga ended up losing their tournament championship game to St. Mary's. So uh, I know that Mark Few is going to have them aligned and ready for their first game. So, but uh, I, I still think that kudos to Prairie View and uh, Byron, uh, I believe Byron Smith, who had a great season, and I still think that they could uh, do a little bit of damage. It just make sure you get past that play-in game to get the chance to play Gonzaga. So, yeah, I mean, just for them to get to the 64, I mean, I don't even know when the last time they even got into the final 64 teams. I mean, it's usually. Other teams coming out of that conference. Do you remember last time Prairie View? I believe it was in 2004 when they played Kansas and ended up getting blown out by Kansas. But uh, still, it's positive momentum for them. And don't discredit Texas Southern. Texas Southern had a great year as well. Unfortunately, they just ran into a bus over at Prairie View. But, you know, going in as far as the Texas teams, they. I'm looking forward to seeing how Baylor does against Syracuse. Yeah, let's get to Baylor because they're – okay, 19 and 13. They were ranked number 39 in the power rankings. Uh, at, at the last power rankings that they had, they lost in the first round of the Big 12 tourney. They're an eight seed. They take on Syracuse in the first round, like you said, in Salt Lake City. They're also in Salt Lake City like Prairie View is. And if they get past the Orange – 
then they probably get Gonzaga, assuming the Prairie View doesn't beat them or Fairleigh Dickinson or something like that. But uh, it's going to be tough. I mean, Baylor, you know, the good thing is Gonzaga, we could talk about how great they are, but Mark Few's got to prove this one time in the tournament. He needs to make a deep run, Adam. I mean, there's been so many years where you thought, oh, this is the year maybe Gonzaga can do it. I mean, he's had talent. I mean, I get it. They're not in one of those big power five conferences or power six conferences or whatever, but we know the Zags, they're in it every year. They play a hellacious non-conference schedule, but they, they never do anything. So maybe, maybe Baylor can upset them. I, you know, you've seen Baylor. What did you see from Baylor? I saw just a, a confidence about them. May, Makai Mason has been the floor leader for them. And King McClure is another athletic forward uh, that just actually just goes after every loose ball. They just continue to shoot the ball well. I remember doing a game earlier in the season where they were down by 19 to Texas and and about the last 14 and a half minutes to go. And they just came back and just took it to overtime and just kind of willed their way to that win. And they, when I did games with them earlier this year, they beat a quality Iowa state team. They beat Oklahoma and they beat Texas. And those are three quality wins right there in a very tough conference in the big 12. So I think, um, Scott Drew has just done an amazing job this year uh, getting them to play kind of shorthanded because they've had a lot of injuries this year, most notably Tristan Clark. That was a huge loss for them because he was a banger down low. He got you 8 to 10 rebounds a game. So, But don't first things first, beat Syracuse because Syracuse is a, a helter-skelter type of team to where uh, they could end up they got that a zone run. defense that yeah. always gives everybody Coach problems. Beheim is a, a master at you know getting his team motivated, and uh, he was in the Final Four what two or three years ago when they came to Houston. So they looked good against. I saw him the other day against Duke, and they were playing Duke tough for most of that game. They beat him in Cameron, so that that proves that they can beat anybody anywhere, anytime. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Syracuse ends up making a surprise and ends up if they do play Gonzaga. Uh, ends up going to the Sweet 16. So you never know. A one seed could go out in the second round. So that would be an interesting matchup. So. Yeah, and Drew has had a pretty good record in, in, in the tournament, it seems like. He, he seems to be, Coach Drew seems to be a pretty good tournament coach. I feel like he gets the most out of what he has a lot of the time, where sometimes I don't know if Mark Few gets the most out of what he has with Gonzaga. We'll see. You mentioned the Longhorns because, and I want to get to, t- I want to talk about them because, what do you make of Shaka Smart? You know, UT 66 and 66 under Smart so far. The Longhorns haven't got past the first round in his time there. He won't even make the dance this year. Uh, he looked, you know, can't miss when he came to Austin. Uh, I felt like, I know a lot of people felt like, oh, look at this, this guy's got all the charisma. Look at what he's done at VCU. They went to the tournament in his last five years at VCU. He'd gone to the Final Four with them. It all looked like it was lining up for the Longhorns and, and Shaka, but what, what what's happened there? Like, is 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 he the problem? I wouldn't necessarily say that. I just think that uh, you have huge wins over Kansas. I believe you also have wins over North Carolina this year. So, but then again, you have those de- demoralizing losses against Baylor when you're up by what f- fourteen points at least, and it, it's just I don't know. It, I just think that overall, I feel that 
you give him one more year. Yeah. And I think that you know eventually the writing is on. I think he's signed for another three more years, and then. But if he doesn't produce, I think the next year is kind of like the final straw for them because you know Texas. Uh, is trying to kind of get back to the promised land. Yeah, they're, they're not patient at yeah. Austin. And the other yeah. thing is that's got to frustrate, you know, the Longhorn fans is, wait a second, Rick Barnes is looking pretty good again all of a sudden. No, <laughs> oh. I, I, I feel that um, with Jackson Hayes, and I'm not sure if Jackson Hayes is going to go pro. He is a lottery pick. He's definitely a top 15 pick. Uh, I, from what I saw, I still think he needs another year. And if he gets him one or two more decent recruits, uh, he's a good recruiter. I believe that he will be able to kind of get Texas back to the you know big dance next year. But still, it was a very disappointing season for them up in Austin. All right, let's go to another Texas school. And this is well, Abilene Christian's in the tournament. I don't have a ton on them, but I, I do want to get your thoughts on Texas Tech because outside of U of H, I mean, they're right there as the best school in the state of Texas. They're ranked number 10 in the power rankings coming into the week. There's 26 and 6. They lose Round one of the Big 12 tourney, which was weird. The Red Raiders are a three seed. They go to Tulsa to face North Kentucky. Uh, Seth Davis picked Texas Tech to beat Michigan and get to the Elite Eight on the selection show. You've seen Texas Tech. You follow them as well. What have you seen from those guys? One of the things that Chris Beard has emphasized more than anything else is playing on the defensive side, just mainly athleticism. They average right around five blocks a game. And Jared Culver and Tariq Owens and Matt Mooney are just been really, really solid throughout the year. And I feel that they could be poised to make a huge play or push down the stretch. Uh, it's just a matter of just being battle-tested and getting that experience and kind of being ready to play that full 40 minutes. Because, as you know, you can't overlook a 14 seed. As I'm sure that we can name a few off the top of our head, you know, big upsets. But in this case, I think that Texas Tech is primed to go ahead, like Houston, play a full 40 minutes and just never know what you may see in the next round. And I'm trying to see who they have in the next round. Yeah, their head coach has done a hell of a job there, too. I mean, you got to give uh, them a lot of credit uh, with – what they did last year, you know, I felt like they – was it last year that they made that really nice run in the tournament? I believe so, yeah, yes. They he, made a Sweet 16 last year. Yeah, and they, and they had a, the – the uh, I think he was drafted by maybe the Sixers or something like that, but really good uh, NBA guy that came out of that. I was watching those guys play last year. I want to say they beat Sam – no, uh, they beat uh, Stephen F. Austin, I want to say, in the tournament as well. But, uh, yeah, they they had a really nice run next year. And, you know, if you look at – uh, Texas Tech and, and what they've done. It's funny because remember, Adam, like years ago, everybody was like, oh, they got Bobby Knight. They're going to turn the program around. And really, Bobby Knight's probably been one of the worst coaches in their last 25, 30 years when you look at it. I mean, was it uh, Coach Dickey was good back in the 90s? And, and uh, you know, wh- who, who's, who would they play in the second round? I believe they did play Stephen F. Austin, and they did move forward on that. Um, but I'm, I'm just looking forward to their next matchup. If they do beat Northern Kentucky, they play the winner of Nevada and Florida. Right. Uh, Nevada has, uh, I think, Eric Musselman's done a great job over there with what he's had. And it, with Caleb Martin providing that senior leadership, I still think that that would be, if they do get past Florida, Florida has had a great year, and they actually did a wonderful job 
Mike White's done a great job over there at Florida. Billy uh, Donovan's successor, and yeah. Billy Donovan was like one of the best tournament. I mean, that, they were they always scared me with Billy Donovan. Florida's got a great freshman leadership. That Andrew Nembard, I still think that that would be a, it's going to be a huge matchup between Nevada and Florida when Texas Tech plays, if they do play them in uh, the second round. So, but yeah, going forward with the Texas teams, I feel that uh, Chris Beard has done a great job as far as trying to get people to play out there in Texas Tech. And uh, I think that for the most part, Texas basketball is looking great overall with TCU, SMU, what we have going on back over here with uh, Coach Sampson. But going forward, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what you know the next few days have in store as far as the tournament. Yeah, let me ask you about, let's go to the, the national picture because there's, to me, one team that everybody's going to be watching. There's one guy that everybody's going to be watching. I've been watching. If, if I'm not watching a U of H game, it's Duke. It's Zion Williamson. Give me some of that. Give me more and more and more. I love watching this guy play. They're the number one overall seed. You know, they've got Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett. they got a couple other guys that uh, we could be talking about first round of the draft. R.J. Barrett probably also in the top four after Zion at number one overall. It's the thing with when you watch Zion – is he's just about unstoppable, Adam. To me, the only thing that stops Duke is they don't get the ball to Zion enough. I, I, you know, get the ball to him every time. If you get him the ball and they're giving him any kind of one-on-one, it's over with. And even when they bring help, if you don't bring help quick enough, he spins out of it. He's so strong. He can go up against double teams. He gets balls up in traffic. It, it's so incredible to watch this guy. I don't know what he's going to do at the next level, but you watch him at the college level and he's literally one of the most unstoppable forces that you've seen. The only thing he, he doesn't do great is three-point shooting, but try to stop him if he starts getting into the paint and he starts doing that. And he, he's still capable of hitting at that outside shot. I mean, what do you think when you watch him? And, and who can stop Duke? I mean, the only thing that stops Duke to me, like I said, they don't give the ball to Zion enough, then they're going to get stopped. Well, the one thing that Duke has going, they played a murderer's row with teams in the ACC, with going up against Virginia, who's another one seed, uh, and North Carolina, who I believe is another one seed as well. So you got what three one seeds from the ACC? Is that correct? I believe. Yeah, I've, I've lost track, but yeah, I, I know Carolina. So. Carolina is definitely a one seed. Obviously, we mentioned that the Zags were one of the one seeds. Yeah, Virginia, we forgot about that. So them. there's three one seeds coming out of the ACC. Think and Virginia, about Virginia wants to get out of the first round this time. And think, the, think about that. That's how, that's how amazing that conference has been this year. And I, the person that I believe is on the hot seat that is going to be under a constant microscope fisheye lens is Tony Bennett over at Virginia. And I mentioned to you earlier that he's been there 10 years and all he has to show for it is one Elite Eight showing. And then other than that, I think he's made one other year where he went to the Sweet 16. If you're going to compete with the Hatfields and McCoys, which are Duke and North Carolina, you're going to have to do better than that in the tournament because you want to bring those top players to Virginia to compete against those Dukes in North Carolina. So I think Virginia's got a bullseye, or actually I think the most pressure going into this tournament because of what happened last year. But they they do have DeAndre Hunter, who I think DeAndre Hunter is the type of player that can carry a team on his back to an Elite Eight. Was DeAndre Hunter injured last year in that first game? Did he not I, play? That, I'm not sure. I can't recall that off the top. But um, And then North Carolina, I mean, what can you say about Roy Williams? He's got um, Kobe White. 
He's got Nassar Little. I mean, those freshmen right there that, I mean, just really. I yeah, mean, and people, if they don't want to know who Kobe White is, look for the huge fro. Yeah. He's the big fro. Uh, he, he's unmistakable when he's out there. He can fly up and down the court. And, and he's also, like, he's not the biggest guy. He's like... Uh, Maybe not as skinny as Dejan Giroux, who's like looks like he's made out of pixie sticks or something like that. But Kobe Kobe is not the biggest guy either. So, yeah, North Carolina. I mean, you look at North Carolina. We could easily see those two teams playing again this year. I mean, they're that good. And I mean, I think the rest of the country would be a little bit tired of those two teams. But this year, it could be kind of fun. It could be fun because we we've never seen those two teams. They've never played in a final, right? Not to my knowledge, no. I, I and you made me think about that for a second. And uh, but getting back, I mean, that would be an amazing accomplishment to see all those three seat number one seeds from the ACC make it to the Final Four. I don't think it will happen. I think one of those three teams will end up losing in the Sweet Sixteen or you know somewhere around in that uh, area. But that is what makes the tournament so amazing is getting the chance to see where these teams end up. So, yeah, going on that, I, I still think that there's a lot more intrigue with some of these teams. You know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing in the first round Marquette and Murray State, or Marquette's got Marcus Howard, Murray State's got Ja Morant. Those are two players right there that are going to have huge success in the NBA. I think Ja Morant's going to be... I. From what I've seen, he's going to be the closest thing to Allen Iverson. Yeah, I don't know about Allen Iverson because he's taller, he's more explosive. Like he can he dunk, the dunks that he has, it's like a complete highlight reel. You want to see Ja Morant go as far as he can. I don't know if the Murray State's got enough because you know they they struggled just to get into the tournament this year. They they won the conference tournament. Is that how they? Basically, if they wouldn't have won the conference tournament, did they get in? They did win the conference tournament because I saw that game right there. But th- if they didn't win that, I don't know if it was a guarantee that they were a lock to get in. So, you know, you want to see them play, though, because you want to see Job. Mar- I mean, that guy is fun. To- when he's got the ball in his hands and he's flying towards the basket, uh, things can happen. I mean, he's a decent shooter, but the most exciting thing about him is, you know, the dunk show that he puts, the aerial show, He he's ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean... John Morant and Zion Williamson, they're the two marquee guys. Uh, is there somebody in this tournament that maybe people are not talking about, like a, a player that you see is when when people are, are going to watch the tournament, they go, wait a second, I, I want to see more of that guy. Is there going to be somebody that comes out of nowhere, uh, a player or somebody that you think of that's like, oh, he's a future NBA player and people are going to be talking about him? Well, from Gonzaga, I believe Roy, I think that's how you spell or say his name is Roy Huchamara. I believe he's going to carry Gonzaga to a, at least the Elite Eight. I think he's definitely a top 10 pick. And I believe that he has the athleticism to kind of, you know, have a very productive NBA career. Does he remind you of anybody? Uh, no, I, and that's the one thing I try to avoid comparing players from this era to previous eras well you just did with iverson so we well yeah i know i I contradict (laughs) myself but no kentucky's got a fair share of you know freshmen uh keldon johnson i think is a name that you know can carry kentucky ashton hagans uh pj pj washington uh kentucky Coach Calipari is going to get them ready. I think he, they're, what, a, a two seed? Yeah, Kentucky is, they're always going to have some NBA guys. So, I mean, you, yeah, you, you kind of have to keep their, your eye on that. But then there's uh, Calipari and his coaching, and we'll see what he does. Maybe this year he does better because there's not a lot of expectations. You know, I, 
I go back to when he was at UMass and maybe nobody's expecting anything from him and he makes that great Final Four run back then. I mean, he did have Marcus Camby, so that helped a lot. But, you know, may- maybe without the pressure this time, nobody's... Uh, I don't feel like anybody's watching Kentucky like they like they have. They, there's not the marquee names necessarily. They, they don't have like the De'Aaron Fox or Boogie Cousins or John Wall or guys that everybody has fixated on so maybe maybe it's different for him this time around yeah and there's other teams out there we don't want to you know neglect the, the big 10 you know teams like michigan state you know purdue michigan. yeah well michigan state i mean it's if they're in the tournament uh which they always are i mean you got to watch because obviously one of the best coach teams in the country and they're always going to get the most out of what they they have so does this michigan state team compare to some of the teams that you've seen in the past or you think they can make a run to the Final Four? Because it, it, we know it, they we know they got the coaching. Cassius Winston had an amazing game today over against Michigan, and I wouldn't want to call him. And I'm not going to make any more comparisons. I'm done with that. But he he reminded me of Bonzi Wells, and he's just one of those players that can give you an instant 20 points and what five to seven rebounds, and just kind of pull a team on his back like. I, I've mentioned before. Boy, Bonzi Wells, you're pulling a Bonzi Wells out yeah, of him. Oh, yeah, wow. former, former Rocket, former <laughs> King. But, yeah, I, I just if you see him, uh, I think Coach Izzo is going to really rely on him the first couple of rounds. And then Oregon, I was gonna, that's another team. And that's the one great thing about University of Houston's schedule this year. You saw some really, really great teams that came in. Uh, to the Fertitta Center, and yeah, they've definitely upped their schedule over the last they, few they years. They beat a they beat an Oregon team that was uh, you know very athletic. Uh, they had uh, they won the Big Twelve tournament. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the Pac twelve tournament with Lewis King and Kenny Wooten. I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon makes some kind of run. It'd be nice to see because the Pac twelve. I, I think this has been a very weak season for the Pac twelve. And they're going to need to get some people to kind of showcase, you know, whether it be Arizona State or Washington, and try and, you know, get them back to the promised land because UCLA and USC have really had some struggles this year. Um, but, you know, getting back to the Big Ten, I mean, I would like to see Purdue make a run with, you know, Coach Painter, Matt Painter, and seeing how well they do. You know, and then there's those mid-majors, you know, from the, the Mountain West Conference, Utah State that won their conference over Nevada. The Aggies. Yeah. We got another Aggies out they, there. They played Houston earlier this year. Does it seem like the, the Aggies, w- w- what's going on with them? Because, you know, they, they they did not have one of their better years this year. These Aggies, the ones that everybody here knows, the Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, well, that, that, that's interesting because they've had a lot of inter- – losing Admon Gilder for the season really did hurt them from a leadership standpoint. And it's sad to see Billy Kennedy, you know, get let go in this situation. But I believe, you know, and they're going after, from what I've heard, um, Virginia Tech's head coach. Um, I think is it Buzz Williams. I think is his last name. But they did have some strong post play in Christian Mikawulu and then um, Josh Nebo. So there's some talent they, there. They, they have talent. It's just a matter of recruiting uh, the Dallas area, even the Houston area. And even the New Orleans area and just trying to get some of those kids to kind of buy in. They came off of, I think, back-to-back Sweet 16 seasons. And so, but, you know, T.J. Starks had a good season. But all in all, you just still have to kind of, you know, recruit heavily, try to get back on track. And Reed Arena is a great place to play. 
I still think, though, that you know when you're going up against LSU's, Kentucky's, Tennessee's, an Auburn coach team with Bruce Pearl, or even an Avery Johnson coach team over at Alabama, you're going to have to have those athletes. You know that uh, the SEC has had a very good year this year, and I think it's a fresh step is going to be needed. You know to be able to get those recruits to come back to um, the Bryan College Station area. Who do you think is going to win the whole thing? I mean, it's, it's almost impossible for me to go against Duke. I, I'm going with Duke. I like Duke to win the whole thing. I mean, is there a, anybody that uh, you like besides Duke, or are you going to go with Duke also? My heart is with Tennessee for some reason. I, I feel, and I saw them play A&M earlier this year, and Rick Barnes, I believe, is one of those coaches that I think has something to prove because, he, as we know, he did get a raw deal at Texas. But his players, Admiral from Admiral Schofield to Grant Williams, Grant Williams is one of those players that the NBA is really going to relish and really admire because he's the type of player that is the blue-collar mentality, asks for the ball in those key situations, is willing to kind of go and get the hard foul and go to the free-throw line. As, and along with Jordan Bonet, I think that's how you say his name, Jordan Bonet or Jordan Bone, they've got a very athletic team. And I believe that they they beat Kentucky twice this year. They beat Gonzaga. I want to go with Tennessee and they play in the South region you know they could you know maybe go up against a Purdue or maybe Virginia yeah you mentioned Grant Williams he's uh, from Houston born in Houston didn't go to high school here he went to Charlotte but you know if you're looking for him on the court he's six foot seven two-time SEC uh, player of the year already I feel that he will be a possible second round draft pick if he does decide to come out and when I did a game between them and Texas A&M earlier in the year, Tennessee put on a clinic from a shooting standpoint. They, I think they had like about maybe 21 assists on like 29 made field goals. They were just passing the ball. They made every shot. I think they shot for the entire game like 62% from the field. That's the Tennessee team that I think going forward is going to be the team that you see going into this tournament. They just got to go for those loose balls. And like I said, Jordan Bonet and Admiral Schofield is one of those blue-collar defensive players that will definitely give you uh, you know, just an occasional charge you know, and draw you know, offensive fouls on you know, key players from other teams. So I think so far... Um, Tennessee is a team that I think is going to be making that deep run to the Final Four, oh, maybe that, win it that, all. That would be spit in the eye, and, and the UT loves it if Rick Barnes wins the whole thing and the Longhorns didn't even make the tournament. Oh, my goodness, that would be – so that, that that's that's a real – that's not a total upset, but it's not – you know, you're not picking a one seed, so real interesting. Yeah, looking forward to the tournament. I'm so looking forward – I'm going to just get back to the Cougs one last time. So looking forward to the Cougs. I mean, they've been so fun to watch this year. The energy, the effort, the consistency uh, defensively. They, they they play defense. They rebound. Uh, they play ridiculously hard all the time. If you haven't watched the Cougars, you're missing out. I know some people like, I don't care, even though they're in Houston. or But, man, they're fun to watch. I'm just telling you. And it's great to actually have a college basketball team in Houston that matters again. I mean, that is so nice because people – Around here, you forget about college basketball if, if U of H isn't doing something or, or, or Rice or somebody like that. But, yeah, that's been one of the best parts about the whole season. We're looking forward to the NCAA tournament. Good to see you, Adam. Thanks, buddy. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. 
You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey there, I'm Max Friedman. And I'm Eli Blackwood. We're hosts of Tackling the Texans, brought to you by the Pulse Podcast Network. If you love the Houston Sports Talk podcast, then you should go ahead and listen to our weekly podcast where we talk about everything exciting around the NFL and what it means for Houston. We keep you updated on all things Texans with interesting debates and hot takes, making sure to bring on NFL experts from around the industry to keep you connected. Subscribe to Tackling the Texans on Apple Podcasts or give us a listen on any available platforms.